Good morning, everybody. How are you? Today, Bezrat Hashem will be learning Daf Lamed Vav in Masechah Sukkah, and we're live in Bnei Jacob Shari Zion with two, at least, in this vast crowd I see before me, two of, I see at least two people who are of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim. I'm not going to mention any names, but their names rhyme with Ari and Bandrew. Okay. Nisdag Nikov. We're talking about defects in the Esrog. We were talking about the Esrog. So, we say like this. If the Esrog was split or punctured, right, it's missing. A, so the, the Mishnah had said like this, right, there's a difference between when you have a piece missing out of the Esrog and when you have, right, like a pinhole where when you look at it, you don't really see any actual part of the Esrog missing. So if a piece of it is actually missing, then it's puzzle, said the Mishnah. If it's just punctured and not missing anything, so then it's not going to be puzzle, says the Mishnah. So the Brisa, related Brisa says like this, Tani ulo barchanina, nikev nekev mefulash b'mashahu. So the nekev mefulash, remember we had the term mefulash uh, with Erevin when it's open on both sides? So this, is, this is what it means, when you have a needle going through and through. So if it's going all the way through on both sides, so then there is no minimum shear of how wide that uh, that pinhole would be, it would still be puzzle. You see? Um, the point is that this thing that we said about being punctured is not puzzle. That's only if it's a puncture that doesn't go through and through. But if it is through and through, that would be like similar to a piece missing, so to speak. But if it doesn't go entirely through, then right? So then it would be as if the hole was as large as an Isar coin, so then it would be puzzle as well, right? So again, this is Rashi's explaining here, that in addition, right, the Mishnah is only saying that if a piece is missing, it is puzzle. If it's just a pinhole, then it's okay. Now we're adding from the Brisa that there's certain pinholes that are not okay. If the pinhole either is really, really wide, so that's really kind of like a piece missing, right? Or if the pinhole is all the way through, so that those two types of pinholes would be also as well, puzzle as well. Okay, so by Rava, Rava wants to know, This is an interesting thing. Rava wants to import the 18 Simone Trefa from Chulin, right, into this discussion. And as we know, when you find an animal, uh, you want it to be glot kosher. You don't want it to have any Simone Trefa whatsoever. Now, the truth of the matter is, right, if after shechting it, a lot of these Simone Trefa, obviously, you don't have any sense of what's going on until you've shechted and, right, did, so to speak, the autopsy on the animal, and then you see where it had the holes. But, you know, we're not learning chulin now, we're not going to go through three shmonasre uh, simane trefa, but basically what he wants to know is which of the shmonasre simane trefa would apply here to Nesrog if pieces of it um, were, were missing in that way, if there were holes in that way, since we're talking about holes in the Esrog. So the Gemara wants to know what kind of, which of the simanim is referring to? Says the Gemara, my kami baile. What exactly is Rava asking? In Niklaf, if he's saying like a piece of lung in the animal being peeled, we want to know if that would be uh, usar and an esrog. So then tanina, right? We already learned that in the mission. The mission says Niklaf is puzzle. In Nistag, and if we're talking about split open, so tanina, these are all, right? In other words, the simane trefa, right? appear in a variety of ways. It could be split like a split windpipe, right? Or it could be peeled like a piece of membrane, 
right? But all of these issues are already addressed in the Mishnah in Esrog. In other words, Rav is trying to bring in an analogy, but we're learning it in Esrog in real time on an Esrog according to the Esrog anatomy already. We're learning about all kinds of variations, right? Is it peeled? Is it split? Is there a hole? So which one of these is Rava trying to be mechadesh by bringing in the trait of the animal? What extra, right, variable is he adding to the esrog that we haven't addressed in the Mishnah already? That's what the Gemara is asking, right? So, inik lev tanina, inis lev tanina, inikav tanina. So, right, so whether it's peeled or it's split or it has a hole in it, all of these issues were already addressed in our Mishnah. So what is Rava bringing in by uh, bringing the comparison to the trefa says the uh, says the gemara kikami baile kideula amar rabbi yochanan he is trying to bring something up that ula said in the name of yochanan as follows there's a chulan issue here as follows sometimes you have pneumonia right you have a form of pneumonia where you know the alveolus the bronchioles in the um, in the lungs are very, very thin and friable, very, very thin tissue membrane there. And sometimes it's even so thin that it's kind of dissolved, but the animal could still live. They have a form of pneumonia where the lungs are kind of fluid filled, but as long as the lungs in general are still intact in terms of their outer casing, so some of the lungs don't, they don't all have to be filled with full VO2 max capacity air. They can have some dissolution, so as it were, of the lungs. So the question would be, the analogy, just saying it outside a little bit, the analogy would be to an esrog where, right, the, the esrog is intact, and most of the you know, inner, so to speak, um, what we call the white stuff, right, is, is intact. But some of the pulp is a little bit dissolved. So that's what he's trying to add, because that the Mishnah didn't, dis- didn't discuss. So now we're gonna, that's what it means, Why is it called so? Because if you were to take, uh, in theory, such a lung that's fluid-filled and sort of like turn it over, at, you know, post-dissection, you would see all the fluid kind of pour out of it. But so long as it's encased in the animal, you don't really see that. It's just kind of like pneumonia in the lungs. Okay, so. So, right, so with regards to an animal, we said that, that would be kosher, and it's not considered a trefa, and that would be a kosher animal. So would that apply to the Esrach? This is only applicable if what? The kaima simfona, the simfona are the bronchial tubes. So as long as those are still kayama, this is what we're talking about. As long as the substructure is still intact, then we're going to say that the animal is not a trefa. Hello, trefa, right? But if those bronchioles are not intact anymore, so that, when that, once that's dissolved, the animal is considered a trefa. Fine. So now the Gemara is going to say, Hachamai, this is Rav's question. With regards to the esrog, what would be the case if you have these, right, these sort of pockets intact, but some of the inner pulp, let's say, is dissolved? Um, so, you could see it either way, says the Gemara. This is Rava's question. You could say, well, in the case of lungs, the lungs are, in, are what? They're inside the body of the animal. So they're not exposed to the outer elements, and therefore the internal dissolution of these lung elements is not going to affect, so to speak, the health of the animal, we'll call it, to the extent to, that it would be called a trefa, and therefore, in that case, that's perhaps why the animal is not considered a trefa. However, um, hadar barya, right? Which is to say that because it's not exposed to the elements, it's not a trefa because it can actually go back and regenerate. Hadar barya means regenerate, 
Go back and generate. Not the Hadar that we mentioned before. Rabbi Gross talked about Hydra. Oh, I had a great call. I got a high five from Nachi on the, on the car ride on the way here. Because he asked, remember we said that one of the words in pre-8's Hadar is Hydra because of hydration. And so the question was, how the Torah is alluding to a Greek word. So I said to Nachi, he's going to talk about Yafsa looking the Yefes over here. The, Greek, the beauty of Greek, and, and maybe that's related to the Priyat Hadar, because the Priyat Hadar is beautiful. And we nailed it on the head. We got it. Nachi high-fived me in the car. Anyways, the word Hadar is all over here, so I just want to point out here, it's talking about the other thing, the Hadron Allah, that it goes back, right, and regenerates. Anyway, here, the Esrog is impacted somewhat. It's exposed to the elements, more so than the lungs are inside the animal. Lungs inside the animal are more encased and protected than the internal part of the esrog. The whole thing is really considered out there. Even though there's a peel, it's still more exposed. And therefore, saruche masrachas. You could say that, so, so this is what the, the Shaila of Rava was. Is it because the esrog is more exposed that you would say that despite the fact that an animal with such a situation would be not a trefer, would be kosher, that the esrog would be saruche misrachas, would be considered invalid because it's rotted? Maybe you'll say, no, the peel's enough. The esrog gets a little more exposed, but not enough to consider it non-kosher. And therefore, the question is, what is the case with internal dis- right dissolving in the esrog? You don't see it external, I, I, right? I would have asked it, um, almost differently. I could see that this is an interesting Shiloh. All the other aspects of Esrog that we talked about are obviously externally visible. And here, you have something that's an internal, right, um, internal wound, right, like internal organ issue. So you don't see it. All we care about is how it looks. Isn't that the case, Andrew? I mean, you're, you're on a Lama Dvav. Don't tell anybody. Um, but because once you're exposed, then we're going to have to find a different Lama Dvav, Nick. But the point is that the tocho kaboro, right, is not necessarily uh, required for the esrog. Maybe it only matters how it looks on the outside. So the Gemara says like this, Tashma. Well, we can resolve that question of Rava from Ebrisa as follows. Esrog, tafuach, saruach, kavush, shaluk. Okay, so we're going to give different, um, different situations with an esrog that are going to make it puzzle. Okay, so tafuach, tafuach is like inflated. Right, it's got you know. Sometimes when you have the rot, it becomes like decayed, and then it just tafuach is like nifuach, right? Um, when when Hashem blew air into right into our into our lungs into Adam Rishon, it's inflated. So if it's inflated like that from rot or saruach is rot, actual rot that we see kavush, pickled shaluk cooked or kushi or as we already said, it's an Ethiopian esrog, or maybe a dark esrog, lavan, totally white, numar, like a namer, like a leopard, spotted, pasul. All of these cases, all those esrogim are pasul. Esrog echadur, pasul, interesting. If it's totally round like a ball, it's pasul. That's, that's fascinating. Well, the reason is because now it no longer looks like an esrog. Okay. V'yosh omrim af hat yom. That, like toomim, right? Even a twin esrog. Yesh Omrim here implies that not everybody would say this. The Tanakhama says that the split esrog would be okay. Some say that the split esrog, once it looks like split like a walnut, like you see over here in the art scroll, so then some say it's okay, some say it's possible. Furthermore, esrog ha boser. Boser is the early stage of grape development. What is 
Esrog haboser. So there is a machlokas Rashi Tosfos. Here Rashi says it has to do with the size. If it's really small, Tosfos says we already talked about size. We had machlokas in about size. So it can't be referring to size. Rather, it's referring to the degree of ripeness. Right? The boser, you could see how it would apply to either one. Okay? And Rabbi Kiva is posel uh, in the case of the boser. However, the chachamim machshirim in that case. Okay? Gidlu bitfus vasal kamin birya cheret. A fascinating idea. You... You uh, grew the esrog in a special way. You wanted to form it uh, into. You wanted to form it into a specific shape. So, if you, let's say, grew the esrog, I don't know, in the shape of uh, what, what shape would you like to grow it in, Andrew? Let's do a dreidel. You wanted to grow an esrog in the shape of a dreidel, right? By allowing it to grow into a form, right? So, right, you could do that. That would be a puzzle, however, right? That esrog doesn't look like an esrog. It looks like you're holding a yellow dreidel. Katani Mias, okay, so that's, that's the Brysa, okay? So all of those cases, some of them have machlokes, some of them are considered puzzle. One of the things that's considered certainly puzzle that nobody disagrees on is tafuach and saruach, says the Gemara. Katani Mias, tafuach and saruach. The Brysa refers to tafuach and saruach, the, in, the sort of like internal rot where it's distended somewhat, and the external rot. So my love, tafuach mi bachutz with saruach mi bifnim. Doesn't that mean, says the Gemara, what we, um, right, it's the actual, the opposite of what I said in a sense. He says, don't you think that tafuach means that you could see it from the outside because it's kind of inflated. Visaruach means biflim. By the way, um, Rashi, Rashi is going to say here, sarach afagavdolo tafach, I'm running a little bit ahead, but over here, tafach, he explains what tafuach is, infla. I think he means inflated, I think. Right, distended and inflated. I love when you love when Rashi uses those uh, Romance language words, the laws. So infla, I think, might be inflated. Anyway, my love tafuach mi bachutz v'saruach mi bifnim. Doesn't it mean that tafuach is when you see that it's outside, it's kind of like distended? V'saruach is internal rot. The Gemara says no. Lo, idiv idiv bachutz. In other words. If it's true that one of them is talking about internal rot and one's turn, turn, talking about external and they're both puzzle, that would answer Rava's question, right? Because Rava asked, what about internal rot? You don't see it on the outside. It would be considered a trafer for an animal. Would you say that it's trafer uh, for an esrog? That's a fascinating question indeed. Does the esrog have to be tocho kebaro, as it were? Okay. The answer is, however, that we can't learn from tafuach and saruach because, says the Gemara, idivi idimi bachutz, right? It says, lo, In other words, if both of them are external, then this b'risa is not going to help Rava, because Rava wants to know about internal rot. But he says, no, both tafuach and saruach are external. V'lo kasha. And it's, it's um, even though they're both referring to the outside, you kind of still need both. You're not going to say that we have a difficulty explaining what would the kasha be that we're saying lo kasha. The kasha would be, well, if they're both mi bachutz, then why do you need both? The answer would be, ha de tafach hafa gav de lo sarach, ha de sarach hafa gav de lo tafach. Really, there's two things. One is when it's kind of inflated, inflated, even though it's not rotted, it's just in that original stage of decay where it starts to distend. And the other one, when you see rot on the outside, even though there's no decay, the difference between rot and decay is a little bit tricky here. That's why Rashi, I think, over here is where he says, Tafach inflablaz. Um, and I think basically an easy way to, to, to think of it is uh, external rot where you see it externally because of you see the rot in front of you, or 
the kind of rot that you can assume because you're starting, starting to see the distension um, due to the rot. But be that as it may, both of them are external, and therefore that brisa is not answering Rava's question, and Rava is left with a question of what about internal rot that you can't uh, detect? Okay. Now, <clears throat> so it says, Amar Mar, Esrog Kushi Puzzle. So since we already brought up this brisa of the different defects in an Esrog, Mar wants to talk about the Ethiopian Esrog. Vahatanya Kushi Kasher. Right? Don't, don't forget. Uh, kushi is going to be kosher. Doma kushi puzzle. So wait a minute. Kushi, we said, is not, is not, is kushi basically kosher or not? We have conflict, con- conflict here. So I'm going to buy it. Kitanan nami masnisin. When we learned in our Mishnah about the kushi, we said domi lechushi tanan. There we learned domi lechushi. Right? Meaning, it's not categorically, the question was like this. There's two things. There's being from the uh, from Ethiopia, right? A categorically sort of location-based psul, and there's being dark and looking like a dark esrog. That's more just the way the esrog looks. So, which one of these is going to be right? Which one of these is going to be not not kosher? So it sounded like the Gemara is saying that we thought that it would be dependent entirely on geography. That when we said kushi, we meant from kush. And the answer is no. Abai is saying it's not really categorical. That even the Mishnah, when it said the halacha about the Ethiopian esrog, he was talking about like an Ethiopian esrog. In, in, in other words, it's not categorically about geography. It's just the type of esrog. Fine. Or Rav Amar, that's Abai's solution. Rav Amar lo kasha. Halan v'halahu. A fascinating idea that in Bavel, maybe the Kushi would be Mutter, but in Eretz Yisrael, it would not. This is unbelievable because you see the subjective beauty of an Esrog. There could be such a thing. Again, um, when you're walking and you want to impress your friends in Shul, so we already said Meister Shani is the kind of thing that possibly, possibly could be, you could use the Esrog in your Shalayim, but not outside of your Shalayim. Right, because you can you have the heter achila only near shalaim. Here's the other one, the esrog kushi. Maybe you could use it in bavel, but not in eretz yisrael. Uh, that's a different issue, right? It's a diff- totally different. It has nothing to do with halacha of It has to do with subjective beauty, and so the subjective beauty of an esrog matters when it comes to whether it's mehudar, and that matters as to whether you'd be allowed to use it. So that's fascinating. We're going to see more examples of that, that there's a subjectivity here. It has to look like a beautiful esrog. And so that is what, because I actually also had this interaction with Rabbi Gross when he was saying that there's no such thing as a categorically usr esrog. I said, what are you talking about? Esrog kushi, there's examples all over the place. He says, none of those are categorically usr. They just have to do with whether it's mahudar or not. He tried to explain to me. So that is really underlying a lot of these things, if it's mehudah or not. So we're 10 lines up from the bottom, on Lamed Vavim Nalef. And it's still the obnoxious time, 5.59 a.m., so hopefully we'll be able to be okay here. Esrog HaBoser, Rabbi Kiva Posov HaChavim Machshirin. What's the Boser? So we said, right, the early stage of development. We'll go with Tosfos here, that it's early, um, early in its maturation. So Gemara says, Amarabah. Rabbi Akiva, right, that was, and there was a machlokas, right? Rabbi Akiva said it was puzzle. And the Chacham said it was okay. So why did Rabbi Akiva say it was puzzle? We'll see later. Rabbi Akiva once walked into the base medrash and he did the um, exact opposite of this. He took this to the extreme and walked in with like an esrog the size of a watermelon on his shoulders. We'll, we'll see soon. Amar Rabbah. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Shimon, Amar Davar Echad. Rabbah wants to say that Rabbi Akiva, by saying that the esrog of Boser is not good, he's, he's, he's saying what Rabbi Shimon 
um, had had ruled in a different context. How so? Rabbi Kiva had the Amran. Rabbi Kiva, it's this idea of Boser. Rabbi Shimon Maihi, what's the case of Rabbi Shimon that Rabbi Kiva is echoing? Ditnan. Because we learn in a mission in Maestris like this. Rabbi Shimon Poter says, Rabbi Shimon says that when it comes to Esrog, when they are in their very small stage, um, which is Bekotnan, is where, of course, Rashi, who's the Pashtun, right? The ultimate Pashtun is, talk, is saying that it's a matter of size, not a matter of maturation. He must have gotten it over here because of the Hava Amina of the comparison of Rabbi Kiva to Rabbi Shimon, that it has to be the Esrog in its small size. Anyways, the, the halacha uh, of Rabbi Shimon is that when it's small, you're not chayiv meiser on it. Which means it's not a fruit, Andrew. Because you're not chayiv meiser on it. Okay. So that's, what, so that's the point. If it's not a fruit, it's not a pre hadar, And therefore, Rabbi Akiva would say that it's not yotze, right? You're not going to be yotze. A little bit asterisk with it. However, the Gemara says, not so fast. This linkage may not be valid. Because Amalei Abaye... Abaye says, no, no, no. Dil Malohi, maybe this linkage doesn't exist. Why? Because Adkan when it comes to the Estrog, Shabi Kiva said the tiny Estrog isn't good. Why? Simply because he holds that it needs to be Mahudar. And, and Rabbi Kiva, as we'll soon see, thinks that small Estrog are ugly. And you're not Yaitse because it doesn't have the Hidur. But he could still hold with regards to the Chiyuv Meiser. Right, like the Rabbanon, that even at the Boser stage, the Esrog is going to still require Meiser. It's still going to be considered a fruit. In other right, it could be considered a pre. It's already enough for Meiser. And therefore, Rabbi Shimon would say that you're Chayiv, and Rabbi Kiva would agree. But when it comes to bringing for Lulav and Esrog, it has to be more beautiful than that. It's not pre eight Hadar. And therefore, Rabbi Kiva would say that you do bring Meiser on it, but you can't bring it as an Esrog. Beautiful. That's one way that the linkage doesn't work. You can even work it the other way, says the Gemara. Maybe Rabbi Shimon would also say that at, at, with regards to Meiser, you, right, you don't have to bring Meiser. Why? Meaning that when the crop is in the form that people are going to actually start harvesting this, right? In other words, Moitzi and Lizria really means you need to have enough, right, in order to, to be sufficiently developed that you know that inside the seeds are mature enough that they can, if you were to take it apart and put the seeds in the ground, that it would grow an esrog tree. That's what it means, Moitzi and Lizria, right? So until it gets to that point, that's the threshold for Meiser. And that's why you don't have to bring Meiser. But here, with regards to the esrog, Right, we don't really care about the maturation of the internal seeds, right? We just care that it looks like an esrog. And so it could be that it's a tiny esrog, but it's pre eight hadar nonetheless. And whereas Rabbi Shimon would not bring it as meiser because he would be concerned or because he would, he would assume that the internal seeds are not mature enough um, to warrant having to take off meiser, he would bring it to shul uh, as part of his little of an esrog set because it looks like an esrog on the outside. Wow. Okay. So now, as we turn to Lamzavan Beis, the Gemara says, V'su lo midi. Interesting. Um, end of story. End scene. There's nothing more to discuss here. Clearly, we've already, from both ends, decided that there is no connection between this, uh, this halacha of Rabbi Kiva for the Esrog and Rabbi Shimon for the Meiser. Wow. Okay. Okay, next part of the Bryson now. Gidla uh, bidfus. This is fascinating, right? You, you grew the esrog into a mold of a dreidel. 
V'aso kamin bri'acheres puzzle. That would be a puzzle. So I'm a Rava. Rava wants to point out, lo shanu kamin bri'acheres. If you turn it into a dreidel, um, right, or, or some other shape, it would be puzzle. Avo kivriyoso kosher. But what if you, right, were an astute, uh, next level esrog salesman, and you wanted all your srogim to be a perfect esrog size, right? Because you know that your crowd likes it to be super symmetrical and beautiful, so you did an esrog mold. Would that be okay? That's an interesting question, isn't it? Rava has a lot of interesting questions on this esrog. So the Gemara says, Pshita, what do you mean? Of course it would be kosher. Kamin briacheres, Tanya. The Brisa says that it has to be briacheres. Not a, so, so it seems poshut to the, right, seems pasha to the Gemara that if you did it like into an esrog mold that it would be okay, right? Because it's not a briacheres, it's an esrog. Even though it's not necessarily how it would have grown naturally, right, and it is a mold, that's not what makes it puzzle. What makes it puzzle is when it takes on the shape of something other than an esrog. That's the assumption of the Gemara. However, the Gemara explains, no, 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 you need it. Why? You made a mold that made it look uh, kind of like an esrog, but more like a museum of modern art esrog, that you, a kind of esrog painting in the MoMA, where it looks like steps, you know, like a Lego esrog, so to speak, dape dape. So if you make it look like that, it's very cool, very avant-garde, very um, sort of modern art, but, and it is an esrog, you could tell that it's supposed to be an esrog, but it's certainly not a natural looking esrog, and still we hold that that would be mutter. Right, that you could use that as an esrog, which again speaks to what? The idea that it's ha- all how it looks. Uh, it has to appear beautiful. That's part of the hither. Okay, so five lines down along the Vavim Beis. Itmar, esrog shenakvu achbarim. Well, this sounds like it should certainly be puzzle. It's been eaten up by mice. I'm not going to use this esrog. Amarav ain't zehader. Yeah, you, you think so? <laughs> yeah, right, of course. Rav is coming up that, that it's not mehuder. So, so you would think this is Captain Obvious over here. It has a hole in it. What are you talking about? So the Gemara says, Aini? The Gemara goes the other direction. That you would think that maybe it would be okay. Why? I don't think we learned this yet. Rabbi Hanina famously used to dip his estrog into ketchup or whatever, sauce, and then eat part of it, and then go bring it to shul and use it for, for a dal minim. That's, a, that's quite a minhag. So it sounds like Reb Hanina held that you could use it when there has a defect in it, even a piece missing. He b- took a bite out of it. So the Gemara says, whoa, 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 hold up. For, first of all, Reb Hanina kashimas nisin. That's beferish against our Mishnah. We already said that if you have a piece missing in the esrog, it's not kosher. So what's Reb Hanina doing? Taking a bite out of his esrog and then using it as a dal minim for shul. That doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Bishlem must need to know lo kasha. Kan biyom tevrishin, kan biyom tevsheni. Amazingly enough, Rebchanina held that an yom tevrishon, certainly he was not going to bite it. He was going to use it whole. But, and that's the, that's what our mission is referring to. Our mission is saying that an yom tevrishon, you need to have it whole. It can't have any defect in it. But yom tevsheni, and perhaps this is what Rebchanina was trying to demonstrate, that an yom tevsheni, you do not need to have an entirely intact whole esrog. And so in order to demonstrate that, he would take a bite out of it and then take it to shul. Wow. That's not, so Rabbi Hanina is cool here. But the question is on Rav, says the Gemara. Le Rav, Kasha. What's this with the mice? Says the Gemara. Rav, right, said that, that, it, that it lacks beauty. He says, Esr Shana Kvach Barim, right, Ein Zahadar. 
Einze Hadar sounds like it wouldn't be good on the first day either. That's the issue. So wait a minute. This is really fascinating, right? We said that Rab Hanina ate it, and we thought Rab Hanina was worse than Rav. We said, no, Rab Hanina has an excuse. He's doing it on the second day. What's your excuse, Rav? Why are you, right? In other words, Rab Hanina, we have a kasha, right? In other words, he's saying that's Hadar, and the kasha is not on the first day, right? We understand why Rav is a problem with the first day. Just like Rab Hanina would be a problem the first day. Anything missing on the first day is going to be a problem. But Rav, when he said Ein Hadar, made it sound like even the rest of the days it would be possible. In order to really understand this, right, you have to, as Rashi is going, uh, points out here, uh, you have to understand, El Rav, right, that this has the Amar Ein Hadar, as Rashi explains, Kasha Rav Hanina, Da'afilu B'Sheni Nami L'Rav Lonofik. This is what I'm trying to explain. That even the rest of the days, where, right, uh, according to Rav, wouldn't work. The Hamitzvah Hadura Be'inan. And here I like this Rashi because it gives us insight into what Rashi meant on the first page of our parak when he meant the Be'inan Hadavaleka. Because he explains as follows, says Rashi. Hoyl umaskir shem shamayim alav. Oh. Aha. This is why Rashi wants the Hidur. Zekeli van Veu is something that Tosfos took him to task for. He said, what do you mean, Zekeli van Vehu? Right, that's a problem. It's, that's just a hitter. How can you say that you're not Yodze with it? That's just a hitter mitzvah. But Rashi's saying no, but you're saying a mitzvah. You're saying a birchas mitzvah on something, and this is a chefta shel mitzvah. You're going to take a chefta shel mitzvah that's not mahudr and make a bracha on it, right? You're going to say shem shemaim on that. As Rashi says, amar beresh pirkin. This is already hak from the very beginning of our parak. But be that as it may, in order to understand this Gemara, you have to understand a couple of things. First of all, that Hadar, for the reason that Rashi is illustrating here, is going to apply all seven days. So when Rav says, Einza Hadar, he's condemning this Esrach to not be used all seven days. Well, that's certainly inconsistent with Hamnina, who took a bite out of it. So how are you gonna, how are you gonna reconcile this? So Amalach Rav, like this, Shiny Achbarim Demeise, right? That, that the, Rav is explaining the reason why Unlike Rabbi Chinino's taking a, right, a, um, ripe, beautiful esrog, he's using it the first day, taking a bite out of it the second day, and then using it the rest of Sukkot. This one was eaten by mice, and therefore it's not even Mahudr the rest of Yantiv, and that's the point that Rav was making. That's because of the nastiness, the grossness, mois, right, of the fact that it was eaten by mice, that's why it can't even be used the rest of Sukkot. I think that, again, pay attention. This is so subjective, so to speak, right, that it's not even just applicable to the appearance. Like the, the method with which it was, right, consumed, a bite out of it by Yochanina is a beautiful thing. But the fact that it was mice, and we know that it, was, it got this defect in a gross way, is actually impacting whether you can be yoitze with it. So we really see the subjectivity, very case-specific, whether it be kosher or not. Um, and by the way, the halacha would be, what if the mice, and this is the article brings out, I thought it was fascinating, if the mice nibbled at it and has, it has uh, defects because of the mice, and then you cut out the area where the mice nibbled at it, so now it's defective but clean, then you could go back and use it. That's, that's amazing, right? So you see that if it's mouse, it's bad, but the actual physical defect uh, on the second days 
would be okay. So the pagam and the hadar makes it not usable, but the actual physical defect, now you'd say, well, physical, physically missing, that's not a pagam and the hadar? So apparently not. We see somewhere in there is that threshold where it becomes not mahudar enough that you wouldn't dare make a bracha on it. A fascinating, um, fascinating thing that really needs to be fine-tuned. The Rishonim, right, obviously the Mepharshim and the Poskim are going to be, uh, going to find different spots in the spectrum here uh, as to when it's going to be kosher or not. Amazing with regards to the estrogen. Uh, all of this makes me, you know, I li- I'd like to think that the estrogen that we use, again, we wouldn't be able to know. See, Rava, I'm still hung up on Rava's question of what about if there's internal organ damage to this estrogen. So what are you going to do? You're going to do the autopsy after, after Sukkot and then find out whether you're a Yotze or not? Uh, it, no, it, that doesn't seem to make any sense, right? So it's like, how would we know? So it has to be that it's kosher. If if you had no knowledge of it, I, I would have to believe. But it's but it's a fascinating question for a drush, a Barry. When we make the seum, maybe you want to talk about this. And and again, I'm not saying that you have to be the one to make the seum, even though it's going because it's going to be an Andrew Sukkah. But maybe you want to talk about Toho Kaboro. Really, no disrespect, Andrew. Uh, amongst all the people in this room, you'd probably be the most qualified to talk about Toho Kaboro. Okay. Rice, yeah, twin esrog. It, yeah, it's in the same brisa. Uh. Right, so you would think that maybe it was referring to like something was oozing out, and you knew, but it doesn't talk about it. It doesn't talk about it. It makes it sound like it's just internal, right? Because oozing would be some external uh, symptom of rot. No X-ray vision. No X-ray vision here. It's an interesting thing. Do you need to have right? What would be the case if you had some right oozing? Oozing is a good question. It doesn't say oozing. Uh, so I, I would venture to say that if that people would discuss that. Oozing, it would hinge on the understanding of rubber here. It's fascinating. Good, good, uh, good observation here. Okay. Now, Ikeda Amri, now we're just going to say the same, uh, Gamar sort of like, you know, how Ikeda Amri's work. We're going to say it sort of like backwards, but basically we're making the same point. Some had a different sort of recollection of how this conversation went as follows. I'm a Rav. Some said that Rav said with regards to, um, the asterisk that was nibbled on by mice, Hadar. That it's still considered mahudar, because they wanted to say, well, Rabchanina used it, and therefore it must be fine, because Rabchanina would um, not use the one that was eaten by mice, but he would eat his own estrogen, and therefore you would think that having a chunk taken out of it would be okay. However, the Gemara then said, and then, and then the Gemara at that point said, well, that's Kenegadar Mishnah, that says that you can't have a piece missing, and the Gemara answered, that was a less nuanced version of, we, we learned a lot more from uh, the first Lashon than from the Ika de Amri, and we were able to tease a little bit more out of it. But anyways, in the Ika de Amri, it just points out that Rav Hanina was able to bite, take the bite out of it on Yom Tov Sheini. Fine. Finally, the Esra Katan, so we said uh, in our Mishnah that there was a Machlokas about the size. Walnut, like Rabbi Meir, Beitza, like Rabbi Yehuda, so Amar Raf from Bar Papa, Kamachlokas Khan, Kach Machlokas Bavonimir Korzalos. Oh, please tell me you remember this, Andrew. When we were in Shabbos Pei Aleph, we talked about, you know, the different, in those days, right, bathrooms were, uh, going to the bathroom was a whole different experience. You didn't have the Charmin. And so they used to use these smooth rocks. The Tanya B'Shabbos, Shalosh Avanim Rekuzal Smutel Achnes Levesa Kisei. Right, and we talked about, typically this would be a problem. There is a giant Tosfos over here about, and it spills over, uh, until I'm at Zion, I, I think. Uh, uh, maybe it's over here. No, Lamed Vav and Bez. There's a sizable tosis about what exactly was this hotza? What, what is the parameters of the bathroom? Did it have walls? But the, the bottom line is, 
when we learned it in Shabbos, we thought it was fascinating that when they talked about the sizes of the rocks that you're allowed to use uh, in the bathroom, that it said, oh, it's like the machlokas by the esrog. So now we've come full circle. When we learned it then, we said, oh, yeah, this machlokas about the size of rocks. Yeah, that's like, like the machlokas from Meir and, uh, right, from Meir and Behuda with regards to the esrog. Well, now we're at the mission of the esrog, and we're saying, yeah, that's the machlokas that we had over there by the rocks in the bathroom. Anyway, right, that's what we said, Bishabis. Levesa kisei, v'chamishiurin, Rabbi Meir, Omer, Keagos, Rabbi Yudah, Omer, Kabeza. So we're coming full circle and we're quoting that Gemara in Shabbos Pe'alef and reminding ourselves, right, that that was the Machlokas. But again, Rav Raphim Bar Papa isn't trying to make any halachic statement here. He's just talking memory device wise. Remember when we learned this in Shabbos? And the answer is yes, Baruch Hashem, we do remember when we learned this in Shabbos and we move on. Finally, the Mishnah says, Here's a story with. Um, Rabbi Akiva, right? Rabbi Yossi said that it has to be big, that it can be as big as you want it to be. Rabbi Yehuda said, no, 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 come on. It has to be, you, once you, it has to be able to be held in one hand. So, and some say this may have to do with whether you need to hold it together with the little, uh, etc. But the Brisa says, Tanya, I'm Rabbi Yossi, Maisa Rabbi Akiva, Shabbala That's the story of Rabbi Akiva. He's holding it like um, a watermelon or a boombox on his shoulders. That's an 80s reference. Can you bring a proof from Rabbi Akiva? He got, he got flack when he walked into the base medish like that. They told him, Get it, what are you doing with that? That's not Mahudar. So we can't bring that as a raya that, it, that it's okay. Um, so Rabbi Yossi tried to, right? Rabbi Yossi said, see, Rabbi, Yehuda, Rabbi Akiva did it. So that shows you it's okay. They said that's not a raya. Fine. Okay, the Mishnah on Lamed Vav and Beis. Fascinating. Fascinating. When we bind the lulav, you have to do it only with its own min, okay? You're not going to use, right, uh, a live strong uh, or, or um, thank you, Hashem, uh, gumi rubber band. You're going to have to use something like a palm or myrtle, something that's the min of the dalminim. That's the sheet of Rebihuda. Yeah, you could use it with any other kind of thread. A little discussion here is this. Is, what kind of thread is this? Bottom line is Rebihuda is talking about Right, not from its own min. The question is, why would we who to think that it needs to be bound with its own min? We'll see. I'm a mayor. First, let's see what Mayor saying. Rameir says, Rameir is supporting his view by saying, We saw the Anche Yushalayim used to tie their Lulav and right set together with like gold fibers, which certainly are not Gedu like Karka, right? They're not any of the minim. So Amrilo, the Rabbanim answered, No, no, no. That you can't use as proof because b'mino ayu yogdin otam milmata. Now Rashi explains b'mino ayu yogdin otam milmata. Right, l'shem mitzvahs eged v'zel enoy be'alma. Fascinating idea. Rashi is saying, wait a minute, mitzvahs eged. So now we have a mitzvah here of eged. The plot thickens. Okay, but the bottom line is you're tying it together, and Rashi is saying that they used to use. You can't use it as a raya because the Anshi Shalim used to use right dalad minim materials for. This, right, tying together with the Lulavim. Um, and uh, I, I can't resist my, my uh, Frisukis. We're hoping to go to Eretz Stroll. My kids want to make T-shirts that they saw where it says um, on the back, Lo ani lo It's really an internal joke, but when you're in Israel, you have, you're swarmed, it's a beautiful thing, um, on Erev Sukkis with kids selling the Kloichiklach, or the piece of, of uh, Lulav, that are dried out, that bind it together. Those little rings are called kloitschiklach. So you're swarmed by thousands of 
of uh, beautiful, right, Jewish children swarming you, trying to make a living here, you know, trying to sell you kloitschaklach. And so you have to say, Anyway, um, so, but first, the Gemara is going to determine what does it mean, how far does it extend to say that you need to use the own kind of the Dalamina. Amarava, Afilu Besiv. Even the ivy that grows around the, palm, the, the, the tree. In other words, how far do you extend this idea that it's its own min? In other words, certainly you don't have to use like a, a uh, sug aleph aleph, right, mishulash hadas to tie it together, right? You don't even need to use like the working part of it. You need to use some part of that plant um, to call it the min. The question is, what about the ivy that grows around the plant? Would you consider that part of the min? So says the Gemara, feel the dikla. Even in the strips of bark from the trunk of the tree would be fine. Rashi is pointing out this is not a case of hidur, right? Because up until now we're in the mode of this min has to be mehudar. Rashi is pointing out, no, this is simply pragmatic. But Ikra Dikla says Rashi, and Rashi is going to say the time, the time right here. He gets it from the Gemara. What's the reason of Rabbi Yehuda? Finally, let's, Rashi can't hold it back. What's the reason of Rabbi Yehuda that it has to be its own min? Lav Mishum Hadar Hu, says Rashi. There's nothing to do with Hidr. You don't need Hidr for this Eged. Why? And if not, over Mishum Bal Tosif, says Rashi. That's the problem. In other words, if you bring and introduce another min, since the eged is part of the mitzvah, then it's going to be as if you're doing Bal Tosif, adding an additional min. It's not the time to discuss the parameters of Bal Tosif, right? Because what if you had like five Hadassim? We said already that's not Bal Tosif. What if you, right, took it an extra day? Uh, sat in the sukkah or took the lulav and esrog an extra day, right? So what is and what isn't baltosif is not for now. But be that as it may, certainly an additional min is baltosif. So now let's read it in the Gemara. Amarava, feel besiva, feel be ikra de dikla. Amarava, my time of the Rabbi Yehuda. Kesava lulav tzarech eged. Rashi is explaining, So that's what Rashi is saying. Pragmatically, it would be considered baltosif. So where do I learn to say this? The siva ikra de dikla mina lulav hu. Right, that the that the how do I know? How am I going to ever be able to know which that which part is considered part of the lulav or not? The Tanya, because he said in the Brisa, basukos teshvu. When the Torah says, "Oh, here we have the nexus where the materials of the sukkah and the materials of the to meet," it says you should sit in sukkah. Sukkah shall call davar, and it's very like loose. It doesn't say what anything about the material of the sukkah. So it's mashma that any part of that sukkah should be kosher for egud of dal minim divrei rabbi meir. That's where Meir learns it from. Abiyuda has a wild cheetah that the sukkah has to have the same parameters as dal minim. It can only be made out of dal minim. And he learns it from a kalva chomer. As follows. Just like a lulav, right, is more kal than a sukkah because a lulav is only used at day, as we, as, as we know, because the Pasuk says, Ulukachtem lachem bayom harishon. Sukkah shenhegas beleilos kaviyamim. A sukkah is more chamer because it's night and day. Eno din shlo tehel abayarbas minim. So it should be a kalva chomer that it is more chamer and therefore can only be made out of dal minim. Amulo kol din shat adan tchilas alachem ever sofer lakel eno din. A idea that Rashi explains within a kalva chomer. So the way a kalva chomer is supposed to work is that a sukkah is more chamer than a dalad minim, and therefore that which applies to dalad minim certainly should apply to the sukkah. However, we know that this chumrah is not going to apply to the sukkah. As we turn to Lamed Zayin, and we say, lo matzah bas minim, 
Are you here to tell me that if the sukkah is not going to be made out of dal minim, you're, you're wasting your time <laughs> you're, by sitting in the sukkah, which is to say you're not yotze? We said that the sukkah should be okay. And Ezra said it could be made out of two harvays. Remember this pasuk? It said that you could use garm psal v'yakev. You could use any material, right? Lasso sukos kakasim. So Rabbi Yehuda savar honey led fanos. So we say no. Rabbi Yehuda held that was for the walls. Right. So for the walls, it's okay, but for the schach, it's not okay. So the Gemara concludes it's not, and we learned in the Mishnah already in Yudal, Mesachim Misarim Diver Bihuda. Rabbi Huda says you can use boards for Schach. Alma Sivi Kardiklamina de Lulavahu. That we learn from there, indeed, that in fact he holds that you could use the ivy in the trunk of the palm tree, Shmami no. We're nine lines down, Lamid Zayan number Aleph, where we concluded right now, we're explaining how Rabbi Huda knows that you can use that aspect of the tree, despite the fact that he holds that the schach must be made out of dalad minim, you can use that aspect as the min, and then we apply it back to eged.